Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into the word of God this morning. I know that God has uh, spoken to our brother, Renee, and so we're going we're gonna to get into the word of God this morning. Okay, God bless you, church. How's everybody doing today? Is everybody awake? <laughs> Amen. Uh, uh, I appreciate always uh, the opportunity that they gave me to to bring the word, and uh, it's always uh, like I always said, it's always a privilege, and uh, it's a great opportunity that I always try to take advantage of. And uh, so every time I, I have the opportunity, uh, I always like to do my best, you know, to share what God has put in my heart. So this morning, I believe God has given me a message for all of us. Uh, because he spoke to me, and uh, I received that message, and I hope it will be a blessing to you this morning as well. So I'm going to ask you to uh, go to your Bibles, and we're going to be reading from the first letter to the Corinthians. We're going to start reading from chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 1 and 3. And I'm going to encourage you to leave your Bibles open as we're going to be reading some more scripture. So when you find it... uh, if you can say amen. 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 So the first letter to, to the Corinthians is right after Romans. Chapter 1, verse 1, 2, and 3. And I'm going to read it. The Word of God says, Paul calls an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Sostenes, our brother, to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for giving us this um, privilege to be here in, in your house, to have the freedom to come to worship you. Uh, we thank you because we we can uh, rejoice in your presence. We can uh, uh, learn about your word, and we pray that you uh, help us and guide us through your Holy Spirit. May, may uh, the, your Holy Spirit be the one who guide us in everything that we say, everything that I speak. Uh, there will be a blessing to all of our hearts in this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, what I want to talk to, be, to you about this morning, uh, the title of my message this morning is Call Unto Holiness. Uh, and uh, I know sometimes when, when we hear this word, um, holiness, or, or saints, when, the, when, the, when, when scriptures, uh, when Paul writes to the, to the churches and he says to the saints, so we hear this word a lot, and uh, we think as an unreachable, unreachable state, you know, we think that we're never going to be, you know, as holy, and we, we don't consider ourselves as holy. You know, even some believers, uh, they don't view themselves as holy people. They don't, they don't view themselves as saints. And I've known some Christians that uh, they don't consider themselves uh, saints or holy. They say that we cannot call ourselves holy because God is the only one that's holy, and that's true. Uh, we don't, we're not comparing ourselves to God. But uh, if the title holy people or saints doesn't belong to us, then why would Paul wrote to the Corinthians, you know, to those who have been sanctified? He wrote to them. And he also wrote to, to the church in Rome and to the church in Ephesus. Uh, 
And he says to them, to the saints who are at Ephesus. So what I want to talk to you this morning is the definition of holiness and how can we continue to live a holy life uh, before God. That's my goal this morning. Um, and just as a little background about the, the church of, Co- of Corinth or the whole city of Corinth. Corinth was a major cosmopolitan city, a seaport and a major trade center to most. Uh, it was the most important city in Ikea. It was also filled with idolatry and immorality. And through various sources, Paul had received reports of problems in the current church, including jealousy, divisiveness, sexual immorality, and failure to discipline members. Idolatry flourished, and there was more than a dozen pagan temples employing uh, at least a thousand prostitutes, and Corinth's reputation was such that prostitutes in other cities began to call themselves Corinthian girls. And the purpose of Paul's letter to the Corinthians was to identify the problems in the church and to offer a solution and to teach the believers how to live, uh, uh, how to live for Christ in a corrupt city. And I know we're living in a very difficult times today, and uh, I know that it's, it's, it's difficult. It's hard to maintain uh, a clear conscience. It's hard to maintain, uh, to live, you know, a holy life, but God has called us to, uh, to holiness, to be holy, to maintain ourselves in purity, to keep ourselves for, uh, away from sin, and uh, he, is, he has given us the, the power and the means to do it. Amen? So what is uh, the meaning of holiness? Uh, holiness simply means to be set apart unto God. And in verse 2, chapter 1 says, To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. It simply means that God has called us out of our life or sin and, for, and form the company of the body of Jesus Christ. So how can we live a holy life in a fallen world? And the, the Word of God says that the devil came to destroy and to kill. He will not have compassion for you. He will do everything in his power to destroy your life and the ones that are around you. And I want us to take a look at, at the contrast of, our, of a couple of stories that I'm going to share with you from the Bible. And at the end, I hope we can draw some conclusions. And the two stories, they're about two men of God and who at one point of their life, they had to face some temptation. And the contrast between these two stories of these two men is that one of them gave into temptation and the other one was able to flee, literally flee away from that temptation in order to maintain his integrity. And I want us to start reading the first story, uh, and the story is uh, about David. And I want us to go to Second Samuel, chapter eleven, um, verses one through four. So, Second Samuel, Second Samuel, chapter eleven, one through four, and this is what it says: it says. Then it happened in the spring, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the sons of Ammon and destroyed Rabbi. But David stayed at Jerusalem. Now when, 
When evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful in appearance. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And one said, is, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? David sent messages to took her. And when she came to him, he lay with her. So we have uh, the story of David. Here we have a man that, that loved God that had a good relationship with God. And he was a great king who had done so many great things for the kingdom of, for the kingdom of God. And, and we, have, we find David struggling with sin. And we notice on the, on the very first verse uh, when it says, but David stayed at Jerusalem. The first mistake that David made was that he abandoned his purpose by staying home from war. If you know the life of David, you know, he was one of those kings that would go out and battle with his soldiers. Uh, he would never stay home. But on this occasion, he, desti- he decided to stay home. And, uh, and, but he, usually he would go out and fight and, and battle with his soldiers. And that's why everybody loved him. That's why everybody was always following him. But on this occasion, he decided to stay home, and he focused on his own desires. And when temptation came, he looked into it instead of trying, turning away from it. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do with us. He wants us to put our guard down, and the moment we do that, the moment we put our guard down, the enemy is going to attack us, and he's not going to have mercy on us. And the moment, the moment we take our eyes from Jesus and we start doing other things, instead of fulfilling what God has for our lives, we're going to lose the battle. And when, when temptation came in the life of David, he looked into, he looked into it instead of turning away from it. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you have struggled in your life with, with something. Maybe there's something that has always made you stumble, has always made you uh, fall. Maybe there's a temptation that you, you cannot overcome. And, uh, but I'm here to tell you this morning that God has given us the power to overcome those temptations. And uh, so the message for, you, for, for us this morning is that because God has called us into be holy people, God has called us into holiness, we all have that responsibility to maintain our purity, to maintain our lives in a way worthy before the eyes of God. And uh, he has given us the means to do that. And, uh, but if you're struggling, uh, God will help you. He will help you overcome it. Um, I'll start by saying that if you're struggling with something, um, do your best to stay away from it. You know, if you're, if you're away from that thing or whatever it is that's causing you to stumble, it's going to be easier for you to resist. Where I'm working at... Um, I'm working close to the medical center, and we're building. A, we're working in a hotel, doing all the electrical. And they gave me the the first floor. I'm in charge of the first floor, and I have uh, two or three guys that are helping me. And one of the guys, he, uh, if you hear him talk, you would think that he's he's a Christian. You know, he he knows the Bible. He knows some stuff about the Bible. And I've done my best to. To try to, you know, I've told him directly, I told him, you know, all you have to do is give your heart to the Lord. 
you, you have the knowledge. You know exactly what you need to do. And he's like, yeah, I know. I know exactly what I need to do. And I'm like, why don't you do it? What's stopping you? And uh, he says, you know, I have, I have a problem. It, it's really hard for me. Uh, I have a really hard time, you know, keeping my eyes off the girls. I love seeing the girls. He's like, okay. And, uh, and just to make things a little bit harder, they hire a bunch of girls to take the trash out from the building. So uh, now I'm trying to help this guy, and then they brought all these girls into this building. So that's not helping. And I've, I've tried to tell them, you know, well, why don't you try, you know, concentrate on your work. And I'm, I'm close with him, and I have to tell him, you know, I have to do this. And I have to tell him, keep working. Let the girls do their job. You know, we have to concentrate here. We're working with high voltage. You could get shocked. <laughs> 277 is, is not a pretty feeling. And, and you know, this guy, he, 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 he really struggles. And, and I've tried to help him. You know, and, and this, is the, the real, is, this is real life. No, even in the church, there's, I think that there might be there might be people in the church that are struggling with something. Maybe not girls, but maybe something else. But whatever it is, um, we have a responsibility in the eyes of God. We have a responsibility to maintain our integrity, and I have maintained my integrity at work around all those girls. You can tell my wife I said that. <laughs> but um, but it's, it's not hard I mean I'm sorry it is hard it's not easy it's not easy to do it but uh, Paul realized when, when he got, got all this, this news you know they told him you know the church is struggling um, there's a lot of sin around there's idolatry there's divisions um, they, they need your help and that's what Paul was writing to the, to the Corinthians, to help them, to give them solutions, how to overcome these temptations. How can they resist that temptation? And we're talking about the life of David, how David could not resist that, that temptation, and he gave in. He gave in. The second mistake that David did, uh, when he stood home, when he put his guard down, you know, uh, the second mistake he did was that he tried to cover up his sin. And in the process, he killed the husband of Bathsheba. Church, there's nothing that we can do to cover our own sin. Nothing we can do. It's only the blood of Jesus that can cleanse us. It's only through his blood that we can, we can be clean. David could, not, David could have asked God for forgiveness. You know, when he uh, brought Bathsheba into, her, into his bed, he could have asked for forgiveness right away. And God would have forgiven him. But instead, he tried to cover his own sin, and in that process, he ended up murdering the husband of this woman. Uh, so not only did this, this sin affected the life of David, but it also affected the people that were around him. And when sin come, comes into our life, when we allow sin to come into our life, it's not only going to, it's going to affect us, but it's also going to affect the people that surround us. Sin will destroy our life if we allow it to come into our life. It will not only affect us, but it will affect the people around us. But if we continue to walk in all the life we have, 
um, God's word said that the, the blood of Jesus' his son will cleanse us from all of our sins. The second story that I wanted to share with you, it, it comes from Genesis 39. And uh, I want us to read a little bit from that story. Um, Genesis 39, uh, verses 2. Genesis 39, uh, verse 2, it says, we're going to start in verse 2. It says, the Lord was with Joseph, so he, came, he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him. And now the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in the sight of and become, became his personal servant, and he made him observe over his house, and all that he owned, he put in his charge. It came about that from the time he made him observe his house, and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house, an account of Joseph's. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in all the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge. Um, we're going to skip to chapter 17. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his wife's master, Behold, with me here my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil in the sight against God? So now we have a story about a different man. His name is Joseph. And in this story, uh, we have Joseph who had been through some tough times. You know, he was, uh, first, his brothers didn't like him. Um, they were jealous of him. And when, uh, on one occasion, they decided to, uh, they wanted to kill him. And instead of killing him, they ended up uh, selling him as a slave. And uh, when he was sold as a slave, uh, he, you know, things started to turn around uh, in his favor. And, uh, but then he came to meet this evil woman. Um, the difference between the temptation of David and Joseph was that David gave into temptation and committed sin the first time. That, and Joseph was being tempted by Potiphar's wife every day. The Bible says that uh, Joseph was being tempted every day. This woman will come after him every day. It's like the guy at my job. Every day he has to face these temptations. And every day I have to help him because he can't do it on his own. Uh, how come Joseph was able to flee from temptation, but David, but David couldn't? Was it that Joseph was more holy than David? Or was it that Joseph you know, had a better relationship than David? I don't think that's what, that was the case. Uh, I think that... The reason why, why David gave him to temptation is that he got a little comfortable. He, he got a little comfortable and he, he decided to stay home. He put his guard down. Church, you got to understand that all it takes is it's a moment. You know, if, if you put your guard down just for a few seconds, just for a moment, just for a day, you're going to say, oh, this day I didn't, you know, I didn't really have a good Talk with the Lord. I didn't. I didn't have a good relationship. I haven't. I haven't been having a good relationship with God, and and we started to get comfortable. And when that happens, the enemy is going to take advantage, and he's not going to have mercy on us. 
He's going to come with everything he had, and he's going to destroy. And he's going to try to destroy not only us, but the people that are around us. So why was uh, David not able to resist temptation, but Joseph could have? And I think that, you know, David, first of all, he got a little comfortable. And uh, the reason why Joseph could, could, uh, he resist and he flee from temptation is because he had his his eyes well put on the Lord. You know, he told this woman, I said, I'm not only going to sin against your husband, I'm going to sin against God. He knew exactly what was going to happen if he gave into that temptation. And I'm sure he was being tempted to do it, but he decided to run. He left his clothes. He, 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 he decided to run away. And the story continues saying that Joseph was put in jail because Potiphar's wife accused him of trying to sleep with him. It seems that when you commit sin, you know, you suffer those consequences. There are consequences that come with sin. But when you resist temptation, you still suffer sometimes. So what's the difference? You know, we have David who, um, who gave in to temptation, and he, has to, he had to face all those consequences. He had to see that uh, his son died because of his sin. And we have uh, Joseph who resisted that temptation. He did the right thing, and he was put to jail. He still got to suffer a little bit for doing the right thing. The difference is that if David would have died in his sin, he would have been lost for all eternity. And the difference is that Joseph, if he would have died in jail, he would have been in, in the presence of his creator. That's the big difference, church. It's not only because, uh, it's not about, uh, you know, what's going to happen. Are we going to suffer every time we do the right thing? I don't think so. But even if we have to, whatever it takes to do the right thing, whatever it takes to maintain our purity in the, in the eyes of our God. Amen? You guys are a little serious or it's just me? That's okay. I want to read uh, one last passage for Matthew 5. Okay, Matthew five twenty-seven through 30. It says, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her, he has already committed adultery with his heart. If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from, from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. What was Jesus trying to tell the people in this passage? He was actually just saying, you know, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to maintain your purity, whatever it takes to maintain a pure heart. If your eye is causing you to stumble, this guy keeps looking at those girls. I'm going to have to perform a surgery. <laughs> you know, if, if, if your eye is causing you, he's being a little dramatic, but it, it's the truth. If you really want to save your soul, you have to do whatever it takes. And it's not going to be easy, church. 
whatever is making you stumble, whatever is getting in between in your relationship with God, cut it off. Take it away. You know, whatever it costs, it doesn't matter. If, you're, if you have to lose a friend because that friend is making you stumble, whatever it takes. Amen. If you have to, if it's something that's material, if you have to lose it, get it off. You know, that's not, that's not more valuable than going into the presence of God. That's not more valuable than going into heaven. Whatever is in this world is not more valuable than what God has to offer for us. I want to uh, close with a little story. Um, I think I might have a picture up there that I wanted to share, and this is going to be my last part. I want to ask uh, somebody to help me with the piano. There's a story about a little animal that's called uh, ermine. And the story says that for centuries, the garments of European rulers and judges have been lined with the white fur of, the, of an ermine. The story behind that custom is one of the most unusual practices of the animal kingdom. And uh, since you probably haven't met an ermine, let me introduce you to it. It's a, an ermine is a cute little animal with a shining black eyes and beautiful fur. It has short legs and a long, narrow body. The agile animal is found in the northern region of the northern hemisphere. In summer, its coat, its coat is rich, it's as rich as chocolate brown, except for the un- undersides of the body. In winter, the color changes into a clear white. If you have, if you have ever seen an ermine, an ermine, there it is, right there. Uh, you will be amazed by the purity of the whiteness of his of his fur. And uh, the ermine seems to realize the beauty of his coat and takes great pride in maintaining it. Indeed, the animal's most unusual characteristic is its hatred for anything that might soil its fur. Hunters who knows this will fill the, the, his caves of an ermine with, with filthy uh, soil and wait with their dogs when he returns. Once the ermine spots the dogs, He's going to try to run and hide. But when he goes into, into his cave and he sees that it's dirty, he rather faces dogs and die than to go and get his fur dirty. Um, this story uh, teaches us something very valuable. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Um, this little animal can teach us something very valuable and this is all that I wanted to share with you if you forget everything I said remember the ermine this little creature um, will rather die and face this uh, face the dogs and lose his life instead of getting his fur dirty church what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that God has called us into holiness he called us to be holy people Uh, Peter told us, he said, be holy for our God is holy. And it's not going to be easy. But whatever it takes, if we have to fight to maintain our purity, our integrity, we have to do it. But we're not alone. God is with us. And uh, I wanted to pray. And if you can bow your heads and close your eyes.
if you have been struggling with something, um, maybe like my friend, maybe the, the struggle is different. It could be something material. It could be a relationship. I don't know what it is. Maybe there's something that's in between you and your relation and having a good relationship with the Lord. Maybe it's something that's causing you to stumble every time. And every time you find yourself asking God for forgiveness because of this thing, whatever it is. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to pray for you. And uh, I'm going to ask God that would give us the, the strength. And uh, why don't you ask God yourself and ask him to, to help you and to give you the strength to overcome whatever it is that's, that's getting in between your relationship with Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, the message that you've given us today. Thank you for the calling that you have given us to be holy people. It's not an easy task. It's not easy to maintain. But you have given us a white robe. Uh, through the sacrifice that you give us, you have given us this white robe. And it was not cheap. It cost your life. You gave everything. You gave everything for us so that we can be pure. And uh, we just, I want to ask you this morning to help us, every single one of us, whoever is out here struggling, struggling with whatever uh, it is struggling in his life, I just want to ask that you will give them strength and you will help them overcome that, that temptation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.